What is an explosive ordnance device technician? How does one decide to go to medical school after more than a decade in the Navy? Why does one study chemistry at three in the morning? And finally, what is more anxiety-provoking, disarming an explosive device or a medical school interview? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Dean, a former naval officer and first-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I've got a great incoming student, Dean. Good morning, Dean. Hey, good morning, Dr. Chan. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, let's just kind of start off with uh, back in the beginning. Uh, How did you decide to become a doctor? Um, well, I took a, a little bit more, uh, circuitous route, I guess. Okay. Uh, you know, unlike, I think, a, a lot of the, the medical, medical applicants that you probably see, I, I didn't know, uh, at, at 19 or at, at 10 or, you know, for, for my entire life that I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, instead, I, I really didn't have much exposure to it until, uh, uh, I was, boy, 31 or 32. Um, outside of the, the typical, you know, um, you know, physicals growing up and, and things like that. And, uh, so anyway, yeah, I was, uh, um, I'd been in the military for, I don't know, a little over a decade. Um, and, uh, around that time, uh, you know, wars were, were, were coming to a close. I'd, I'd been explosive ordnance disposal. So, uh, out, uh, we were the guys who, who disarmed the bombs. And, we're going to uh, talk about that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, and, and those things were coming to a close and, and, uh, I think I've, I think I was I was kind of uh, ready to move on. It looked like I, I probably wasn't going to do uh, going to be doing uh, my job in real life uh, again, and I didn't really want to just train for a job I wasn't going to do. And uh, um, this it's maybe kind of a, a difficult job to follow up, mm-hmm. right, uh, with something different. And I think uh, um, about that time I had befriended a uh, a uh, um, pediatric uh, hematology and oncology uh, fellow, and uh, uh, that was the first. Uh, the first job afterward that I mean I, I just made me take a step back and, and be like okay now now that that's amazing mm-hmm. um, and uh, so I decided to uh, look a little bit further into it and and read some books and then uh, um, got into uh, uh, I decided I remember I didn't like uh, chemistry much in high school so mm-hmm. I was like okay let me put the the metal to the grinder let's let's take some chemistry and see see how that fits this time around and uh, I mean I thought it was thought it was fascinating uh, I liked it with uh, um, yeah, with a, maybe a little bit more applicabilities with an interest in medicine, and um, so uh, so did that while I was uh, at the time I was uh, I was uh, an officer in charge of a uh, uh, an underwater mine countermeasures team, so a lot of diving and then the, mm-hmm. the underwater mines mission, and uh, so uh, yeah, took took some classes uh, um, that way, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of had to take those online and uh, to. to fill this out and, and mm-hmm. again see see if it was uh, something I really wanted to pursue once it got difficult and was going back to school uh, to get to do the pre-med recs was that a little bit easier when you're older do you feel like or since it sounds like you're much more focused with everything going on in your life um, yeah you know I, I guess uh, in high school I, I certainly was not focused I, mm-hmm. I actually I didn't do college right out of high school I, I joined the military out of high school and then after uh, after being in for about eight years I got picked okay. up for a uh, military scholarship and uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I didn't even go to go do my undergrad until I was 27 or, or something mm-hmm. like that. Because so. at our medical school and many other medical schools, uh, more and more uh, students who are non-traditional, well, mm-hmm. which I would classify you as dean, okay. <laughs> are interested in going to medical school. And there's always kind of this uh, discussion about how do you find time? How mm-hmm. do you 
how do you work out your schedule in a way to go back to school, to engage in community service, those type of things. Like, what right. would you say to those? What advice would you give those people? Um, wow. Um, you know, like I said, for me, it was a good opportunity to kind of put the metal to the grindstone and, and, and see how important it was to me. At the time, we were doing a, a workup for a deployment to the Middle East, and, and so we were out uh, full days out on out on the water in a little little, little small boat in the mm-hmm. in the waves and the sun, and uh, they, they made for some long days. And I'd, I'd get home at nine o'clock after being out there all day and, uh, you know, diving. And, and um, I mean, I was exhausted, so I was setting my alarm at 3 o'clock in the morning to, to do chemistry mm-hmm. uh, in, in the mornings. And uh, so, um, I mean, I, I guess for me, I just, um, yeah, med school's hard. And, mm-hmm. and so I guess... Um, just got to decide if you have that that dedication or not. So it sounds like you had a you had a very regimented schedule to kind of fit everything in, and the very it sounds like you're pretty focused and dedicated to, to it. So um, yeah, okay, yeah. all right, sure. Well, let's, let's kind of talk, take apart what you said. You said you you were an explosive ordnance disposal technician. Uh huh. So you you took care of bombs. Uh, I did. Okay. Yes. yes. All so, right. So, so how did you get into that? I mean, did they <laughs> did you show an aptitude out for that right when you started your military career? I mean, uh, right now, I actually um, so I had never I'd never heard of that community uh, prior to joining the Navy. I joined to uh, I joined a kid out of high school in uh, uh, Roy, Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, my recruiter uh, he, he he said submarines were cool, so I was like, okay, cool, we'll, we'll go do submarines. <laughs> um, submarines were not cool for me. <laughs> so you know, different strokes for different folks. Some people, some uh-huh. people, it's great for. It was not great for me. Was it because um, it was kind of small space and um, yeah, away and, and from months on end? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I think I always envisioned uh, a lot of the. Um, the, the military is as, uh, as being uh, super fit, a lot of exercise, things like that. You don't have those opportunities on the on, okay. the, on a submarine, and uh, so the workout room in the submarine is not very big, right? Okay. We had we had a stair stepper, um, uh, two exercise bikes, and then a, a weight bench with like twenty pound weights. Okay, so yeah, doesn't sound not like a lot. Right, doesn't right. sound like Gold's Gym down there. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't great. Um, so anyway, um, I had a, an opportunity on uh, on board the submarine to uh, to volunteer for dive school, and uh, so I went to, to to Navy dive school, and, uh, um, and and that was great. That was that was what I was looking for, you know, uh, you know, exercise every morning and and all that type of stuff, and. Um, uh, while I was there, it was the first time I'd heard about. Uh, you know, there's a few different uh, communities in the in, in the within the Navy dive community. You've got the you know the the Navy divers, kind of underwater wrench turners, um, hard hat divers. Um, you got the uh, the seals, which you know most most guys know about that. And you had the explosive ordnance also guys, um, the guys who who disarmed bombs. And uh, um, it was the first time I'd ever heard about that. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Okay, that seems that seems pretty neat. I mean, you got to disarm to, bombs, <laughs> right? Well, and you got to do a lot of the uh, a lot of the neat stuff. So, um, you know, I, I, uh, as as uh, um, as I was getting ready to uh, to join the Navy, uh, I wanted to be a SEAL. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to be. And uh, uh, my my father wasn't uh, wasn't a big fan of it. He's like, oh, I want you to do something to use your brain. And uh, so. Uh, once I found EOD, it was kind of uh, kind of the the best of both worlds because of very yeah you need you need the the, the top uh, test scores to get in, and then even once you get in there, I mean the, the attrition rate is is pretty astronomical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very difficult school, and uh, it's really on top of uh, just explosives. Uh, we also do like the uh, you know chemical and biological warfare agents, uh, get into the nuke stuff, and and again mm-hmm. diving and jumping out of planes, and I mean you just uh, a lot of things you have to be very uh, very professional. It's a very, very smart group of guys, and uh, uh, very definitely uh, 
definitely some some pretty bright people mm-hmm. and uh, so uh so yeah i i um, I thought that was pretty neat, and I decided mm-hmm. to head that direction. And uh, the, the training was about a year and a half. Uh, uh, went uh, went and did that. Went through dive school, EOD school, and jump school, and then, uh, you know some some land navigation and rappelling out of helicopters mm-hmm. and buildings and all that type of stuff. And uh, then went to a unit. And, yeah. yeah. So Dean, out of all those experiences, jumping out of planes, mm-hmm. defusing bombs. A medical school interview. Which one caused you the greatest <laughs> amount of anxiety? Because <laughs> right. I imagine you must have some techniques to kind of, you know, have some calm nerves during those times. Um, sure. You know, I, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think. Uh, I think one of the the philosophies that uh, that I wound up reading a lot about uh, that I got interested in was uh, was stoicism and, and read a lot of uh, Epictetus and. Uh, Marcus Aurelius and uh, you know a lot of a lot of stoicism is is uh, really you you, you you concentrate on things that you can control and you don't worry about the other stuff and same thing going into a med school interview you know mm-hmm. um, all I can all I can control is what's on my side of the table right mm-hmm. um, what what the person on the other side's thinking what they're writing down got no control over that so I, I don't worry about it was that to be the same approach you had to like uh, an explosive ordinance that needed to get diffused? Kind of like you can only kind of control you, what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think to a, to a lot of extent. Uh, I think most of I think most of that came down. Um, I think I think going downrange on uh, on on explosives. I think more came down. Um, hate to be cliche about it, I guess, mm-hmm. but really it came down to um, the the guys you were working with, and and honestly the. the I don't know that anybody would be too thrilled about going downrange on uh, on something that might explode. Mm-hmm. Um, but when when you're in when I was in the situation and and you know you look at yourself and the guys next to you, I would much rather go do it myself mm-hmm. than watch uh, one of my friends go do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So I, I guess I, I don't know that I thought too much about the um, stoic philosophy when that went to <laughs> went to that. Well, well so, so Dean, like, you know, reading through your application a little bit, you also, you kind of mentioned it uh, we, earlier, you were a, uh, a naval underwater mine countermeasure platoon. You were in charge of that, right? I was. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I get the so- sense you were diffusing ordinances on land and underwater. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So um, so like I said, I mean, it, it was kind of a long run. I, I, mm-hmm. I spent, uh, you know, close to 14 years in the in the Navy. So, mm-hmm. um, so you know, I went through all the, the EOD training, and then I went to an EOD unit, and uh, I did two tours in Iraq at the time. So wow. um, so, so like I said, the, the Navy uh, EOD, we would do um, uh, explosives both uh, above and below the waterline. And, and the big business for the last decade uh, has, has mostly been on land, Afghanistan mm-hmm. and Iraq. Um, so I was doing. I did a tour in uh, in Alambar Province with uh, with the Marines in '06, and then mm-hmm. uh, a tour a little bit uh, further south um, uh, in uh, in '07. Mm-hmm. And so after those, um, so so got through those, and uh, um, and, and then I got picked up for a, a Navy uh, scholarship program, mm-hmm. um, and I uh, had some 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 uh, good good. Uh, Good leaders of mine, some good bosses mm-hmm. of mine that were really mm-hmm. looking out for me, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, they got me helped get me picked up for this program. And I, I got a scholarship, and I came here to the U. Uh, I was part of the the RO, Navy ROTC unit, 
a uh, few years, I studied, got a degree in uh, economics and a degree in finance, and um, uh, and then went back into the military. Mm. So, and then that's when I was a, uh, you know, I was an officer, and, and then I got my own platoon. And, and uh, that, we, uh, like I said, Iraq had come to a close, Afghanistan was coming to a close, uh, focuses uh, were shifting a little bit, and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I got a, an underwater mine countermeasures team. Wow. So, a lot, lot more diving and yeah. uh, stuff like that. I just remember, Dean, when your application came through the different committees, like, all that leadership, the service to our country, um, you know, and there was a research aspect to remember too, because you're kind of writing reports about all this and right. and helping, and that those measures would help save lives. And the committee was just really impressed because you know you come from a very unique background, and it's it's a, it's a very wonderful background. So. Yeah. Um, we're excited to have you here at our medical school. Well, so. good. I'm excited to be here, and, and I'm glad you guys liked my research. It was a little, uh, you know, it's a little bit different. And I was mm-hmm. honestly, I was, I was a little concerned. I, honestly, I, I didn't know if you guys would even uh, interview me mm-hmm. uh, because because of the the research requirement. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm certainly very glad you did, and yeah. I, I can be more thrilled about. Well, being your here. commanding officer. I'm I'm not entirely sure about the chain of command, but he wrote you a very nice letter explaining how your research was used. Uh, okay to uh, improve field technique and all these other things, and the translation would be it helped save lives. And so right. the community sure. was very impressed by that. So, yeah. um, you know, kind of segueing, like, uh, Dean, into, like, what lies ahead of you. I mean, you know, you're out there in the field. Obviously, I think you were interacting with corpsmen, right? That, those are medics in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Do I have that down right? Like, are, are you thinking, like, emergency medicine? Or what, what field, like, with your friend being in uh, pediatric? Pediatrics. Were you thinking more along those lines? Right. Um, you know, I, I would say that I'm I'm pretty wide open. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I shadowed. A, I've, I've got a friend that was a, an emergency physician, or that is an emergency physician. He let me shadow him for a while. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fascinating. I did some shadowing up at uh, um, you know next door here at uh, Primary Children's. I thought that was fascinating. Sorry. So you were saying you're interested. In, so go right. ahead. Yeah. No. So so yeah. I, I would say I'm. I'm so far, it's all been fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. I think what what originally got me interested was was um, like I said uh, uh, going in and, and seeing uh, uh, the the pediatric uh, oncology and and you know I'd gone into the hospital with her and I think one of the the most fascinating parts uh, or times was uh, um, you know we went into the lab and uh, she she. Took a slide out and put it up on the uh, on the microscope, and it's like, oh, what are you doing there? Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, oh yeah, yeah, take a look in there. You know, this is how you identify leukemic cells. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like, uh, I mean, I had, like I said, my exposure to uh, to doctors or, or to medicine was very minimal, and, and I just, I had no idea that doctors were, were scientists mm-hmm. uh, prior to that, and I thought that was amazing. Um, I really like that aspect of it. So, um, you know, maybe something that's, uh, that, that's uh, you know, clinical as well as, as some research. I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. So far, so field far is, I've thought it all is pretty fascinating. The field fascinating. is wide open. The future yeah. is wide open. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Well, I have a couple of fun questions, Dean, if you don't mind. All right. Okay. All right. We're, let's talk movies. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> um, now, uh, The Hurt Locker. <laughs> Accurate, inaccurate. Um, <laughs> What are your thoughts? Well, um, have you ever seen a doctor movie, uh, Doctor Chan? I have or a seen show? many doctor movies. They're and pretty a terrible. Wide aren't spectrum, they? yes, correct. <laughs> right. yeah. So, unfortunately, uh, you know, some familiarity with uh, with the subject takes all of the fun out of the Hollywood. Okay, so it's very Hollywoodish, right? Okay. Sure. I mean, I, I never once heard uh, you know suspenseful music playing while I was uh, you know going to disarm anything. <laughs> they don't um, teach that in school. Right? <laughs> no, <they don't. laughs> I'm sure they could pipe that in if they wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I think one of the things that that I did kind of relate with that movie was, uh, you know, at the end, um, 
I think it does kind of show. Uh, it shows he comes back and, and I think there's a scene where he's like standing in the supermarket and he's just like, you know, looking at this aisle of just nonsense, just yeah. all these options. And, mm-hmm. and it's just like not, not thrilled. And, and then like next scene, he's, he's back there getting after it. And, and you definitely saw a lot of, uh, I mean, most of the guys I know that's, uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, they, 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 um, they want to get back out there and, mm-hmm. and, and do it. And uh, it's a good thing that wars are coming to a close, definitely. Yeah. But uh, Was it hard for you kind some... of coming back? Um, I think so. Um, I had, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I got picked up for that scholarship program while some things were still going on. And, uh, and, and yeah, there was, there was quite a few times where I, I uh, um, very tempted or, or really almost just quit that scholarship. I, I had buddies uh, um, out, out fighting wars and, and dying. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was hanging out, learning, uh, learning economics. Yeah. And, uh, um, so I really had to learn to, uh, um, you know, channel that, uh, that energy somewhere, I think. Mm-hmm. And Utah was a great place to do it. Um, you know, I got, uh, got super involved in, in a lot of the outdoor activities here and, uh, I uh, got super involved in school. Like I said, I, I wound up getting a, a couple of bachelor's degrees in three years that I was here. And, uh, so, so just kept busy and, and really kind of found some, uh, mm-hmm. some, some ways to, to shift focus, mm-hmm. I guess. One of the things that I lament is that I think our society doesn't fully understand the sacrifices of our military because there seems to be a big split now. You know, you can, you can um, like you said, like, like you go to a grocery store, everything's fine. And again, I'm, you know, I'm not old enough to exactly remember when I talk when I talk to my grandparents or my parents who lived during World War II or the Vietnam War. They said there was much more a sense of shared sacrifice because a lot more things were going on. Um, okay. And then like rationing during World War II and. And during for the draft for the Vietnam War, so I, kinda, yeah. I like that example you kind of used. That kind of that struck with me. That stuck stuck with me. So, yeah, you know. yeah. Well, and I guess I don't know that I would say that I, I felt like that the, the sacrifice wasn't shared. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Uh, How would you describe it then? Um, I think I think it's difficult, um, and, and I, I, I imagine a lot of a lot of physicians have probably seen the same thing who, who go over to third world countries and and. Uh, um, you know, handle these these uh, very, um, you know, see this different way of of, of living and mm-hmm. uh, handle these very complex problems uh, that people are dealing with. I think it's kind of hard to uh, um, to re reassimilate into first world problems. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, um, I mean, we were talking before I turned on the podcast. You just came back from an interesting trip. Where were you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was out in uh, I was out in Nepal. Okay, so I uh, wanted to, uh, you know, I got to do a lot of traveling while, uh, while I was in the military, and and you know, some of the places that that were fascinating and and just completely different to me, like like India, um, or Delhi, India was a, a certainly a culture shock, and uh, um, I wanted my uh, I've got a 16 year old and a 14 year old, and and I want them to. Uh, to, to experience and, and kind of to realize that, uh, uh, you know, something like 70% of the world's population uh, don't live like the Kardashians, mm-hmm. right? Uh, don't live like what, what they're seeing on, on MTV and where, uh, you know, a lot of teenagers are getting their values. And, and so uh, it was kind of a, a, just kind of a, a cultural immersion trip for them. And I mm-hmm. uh, tried to do it in a, in a fun way. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so we went out and we did some, uh, some trekking on the Annapurna circuit and uh, stayed with, uh, with some local families and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And uh, um, a friend of mine uh, up at Chris Hill Lab, Benita, her, her family was amazing and put mm-hmm. us up for, for a little while and, and showed us uh, the town of Bakhtapur. And it was, yeah, it was a great trip. Dean, the thing I love about you and your application is that for, for, uh, for a kid who grew up in rural Utah, You've seen a lot of the world. 
And, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, do you ever think about that looking back on your life? Like, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the, I think the military was, was definitely great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure what I'd, uh, I actually, uh, right before I joined, I, uh, had, a, had a job, uh, selling cars in, in Ogden, Utah. <laughs> and, uh, I got hired on and, uh, and I never showed up. I was like, uh, you know, I was, um, you know, it was kind of, kind of the point of departure for me. I'm mm-hmm. either going to join the military now or, or, or not. And then that's what I decided. And I, I think, uh, um, yeah, I think I was definitely definitely exposed to a lot of a lot of great opportunities and a lot of growth, and uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's it's been been an interesting run. And, yeah. and so. it sounds like you're like to me like our lives are like five hundred chapter books, and mm-hmm. you know for me and you, I, I say we're roughly in the hundreds as far as the chapters go. So I'm really excited right. for the next few years and what what lies ahead. So yeah, right. yeah, I am too. All right. Well, thanks, Dean. Thanks for coming on the podcast. All right. Thanks, Dr. Chan. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.